Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about change and transition and how to manage it during a pandemic. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And today we're talking about those things we love to talk about, which are women and work, and how do we make our work lives full of joy, meaning, and ease, especially in the times of a pandemic. Karina and I find ourselves recording over the phone, so we apologize in advance for what is not our usual very high-value sound quality, but we're going to do our best and hope it works for you folks. So Karina, how do you find yourself in the pandemic? (laughs) Oh, I find myself alone a lot. No, actually, that's the opposite. I I find myself surrounded by children a lot. Yeah, I've been working from home a little bit. We actually created a space where I could work and record podcasts. That's kind of outside of the general run of the household, which is nice. So I do have a place to escape a little bit. But I'm just adjusting. I mean, honestly, I think I'm like everybody else. I, I wake up in the morning and go, uh, yep, we're still here. We're still here. Here we are. I'm at home. Biggest news of any day now is what I'm going to cook for dinner. No kidding, right? Yeah, (laughs) really. What time does cocktail hour start? Exactly. That is exactly right. And in between all of that, I'm trying to be of service to my community and my clients and trying to get through. What about you? So I think probably very similar to you, except I've got a lot of clients in a lot of crisis and kind of urgent work. So I've been working really long hours. I would say somebody cries on the phone at least once a day. Sometimes it's me. It's a lot right now, honestly. And there's a lot of change and a lot of challenges figuring out how to do all of my work from my brown living room couch in the TV room. Because in my house, we have four workers. We have four people remotely. My son is attending school remotely. My daughter is working at Fred Hutch remotely. My husband's doing his work remotely. And so like my only space for me is a brown couch in the TV room. Oh my God, I love it. Well, and I think a lot of our listeners find themselves in one or both of the places where you are, you and I are at or somewhere in the middle, which is we're all just trying to adjust and figure out, frankly, what the hell is going on and what the hell is going to be going on around here. I'm really excited to be talking about this subject today, too, though, because no matter what your experience is, you're probably in the midst of some pretty significant change, both in your life, in your community, in your country. In your job, with your family. Yeah. And change is inevitable. We deal with change all of the time. But this is particularly unique because, you know, we're all dealing with some of the same things together. And those people that you lean on to help you get perspective or kind of manage change are themselves dealing with a lot. So this is kind of a particularly unique time, I think, in history. We can all agree on that. And I think it's an opportunity too. what's going on tells us a lot about who we are, right? Like, that's one of the things that I just check into is, are we making masks or hoarding food? Are we buying gift certificates to our favorite businesses? Are we stocking up on ammo? You know, all of these things about change can bring really good things out in folks and really difficult things too. Yeah. And honest to God, I've seen some pieces of myself or some things about myself that I am not proud of that this change has brought out. I mean, I've I've also seen some things that I feel like, yeah, that's great. But 
it is interesting. I've had to ask myself. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do I like myself? Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I found that the things that I've usually gone to, you know, kind of the other side of my sharp sword that can serve me well at times, like diving into work and spending too much time doing that and not really checking into how I feel. So that's kind of been my default a little bit, which I'm working hard to get out of, right? Because that's what it brings out in me. It's just, I'm just going to go be productive. I'm just going to go work. I'm just going to go take care of things and solve problems. And, you know, I think we're going to talk a little bit about this today, but that's not always the productive way to go about the significant changes that are going on in our community. Yeah, significant changes. And then also different people are in different places. People are experiencing change to a larger degree and a lesser degree based on a whole ton of factors, like how quickly this came on for you or whether you had time to brace for it. This being the COVID-19 pandemic. Did you see it coming? Did you understand how you might be restricted? Right. Yeah. What else is going on in your life? Is this just one of a cascade of things that's, you know, feels unsettling or tumultuous? Or is it just, you know, is it a little bit of a blip in your life? Yeah. So I think everybody is in this different place. The water is definitely boiling in our communities, in our lives. And we're trying to figure out how to make the most of it or how to even just get through it. And I think the last episode that you and I recorded, Kirsten, you said something that, you know, has stuck with me. Do you remember what that was? Can you read my mind? No, I cannot read your mind. (laughs) Sometimes I can actually, but I can't this time. (laughs) I know. Yes. (laughs) No, the way through this is through it. The way through is through. Yeah. Or I think you might have even said it. The way is through. It's a book too. The way is through. But no, I just really want to just settle in on what you just said for a minute. Because I think it's really important. You know, we are all in different places. Some of us may be working harder than we've ever worked before. Some of us may not be working at all. Some of us might be making big changes with our homes because children return or we're making big changes because nobody is coming to our homes and we're alone and we're not used to that. And I just think that we need to really acknowledge Acknowledge what our own individual experiences are as we try to find our way through this. Yes. And, you know, there are a lot of resources available. There's a lot of great information about transition and change. And the person who I tend to fall back on whenever I need to manage change and transition as a worker or as a leader is William Bridges. And I know you and I want to spend time on the show today talking about that. And you did some research about who William Bridges is. You want to talk a little bit about that? I do. So Krina has had a lot of experience with William Bridges and has used his model of change at her work. And I had never, I really hadn't had much experience with him. So I did some research on this guy and he's like, he has like everything that I just love. First of all, he was a, got his bachelor's of art in English, and then he went and got a master's in history and a PhD in American civilization. So this is a guy who has this amazingly well-rounded, like literary historical view of the human experience, frankly. And one of his big influences in his life was Ralph Waldo Emerson. And what he ended up doing was taking a sabbatical to explore the psychology of literature. And I think, you know, that's what literature is, right? Our human experience over and over and over again. That's what history is, our human experience over and over again. And so I think he just pulled out from all of that material, how do we respond to change? Because change is an outside thing. 
change happens. We don't control oftentimes change. And to the extent that we're not in control of it, it's more difficult to manage. Right, exactly. So what he said is, listen, change is something outside of your control. It's something that happens. Transition is what we do control. And that was a really helpful thing for me to parse out. Wait a minute, there's this thing, the pandemic that I don't control. There's all this transition happening in my life that I do control. And one of the shocking things for me in this has been the degree to which I do control my own inner response to transition. There's nobody else in my in my TV room on my brown couch but me. You know, so if I feel that or I'm frustrated, <laughs> there's only one person to look at. Yeah, and honestly, one of the big changes I think a lot of us are feeling right now is that a lot of the distractions that we had in our lives aren't around anymore. Like we're actually having to take a look at some parts of ourselves on our brown couches, or else start cocktail hour early. Yeah, one of the two in the PJs. And some days it's <laughs> some days it's bad, and some days it's a very productive look at myself. Yeah. So I love Bridges and I love the way he writes about and speaks about transition because, like you said, he separates change from this external thing that's happening, you know, thing by thing by thing, and asks people or guides them through sort of the internal process to get through it. And and that is this process of transition. And in fact, he has a quote. That transition is not just a nice way to say change. It's the inner process through which people come to terms with a change as they let go of how things used to be and reorient themselves to the way that things are now. And so you can almost think of it as a path where the change forces you to leave something behind or lose something, both lose good and bad things. And then you sort of move beyond that and walk your way down a path of transition that ultimately sort of leads to this new place you need to be. We are as a community, as workers, as women going through a tremendous amount of change right now. What Kirsten and I want to do is help people understand the process of transition. Karina, why don't you, since you've had more experience with this, why don't you explain kind of the bridges model, the three, which I just I even like the analogy, which is there is a bridge between what is the end, the loss, the negative part of the change into something that is new. So I'll let you kind of give a little summary of that. Yeah. So he sort of separates this into three categories. You don't necessarily move through them in a linear fashion. In fact, I think you kind of bop around between them like anything. Like grief, like think of the grief model. Yeah. Yeah. The first phase is endings and all transition starts with endings. So when there's an external change that happens, it forces you to, you inevitably lose something or many things. And in order to deal with that or be in that first phase, he recommends, you know, that you start to identify what you're losing. Only in identifying what you're losing through a change can you start to manage that loss. Okay. So the next phase is called the neutral zone. And that's after, in some ways, that's after you've identified what you've lost. You sort of sat with it for a while. You recognize that, you know, you're not going to go back. You're not still holding on, white knuckling it, waiting for the life or the thing that you used to have to sort of rectify or right itself. And you're in what's called the neutral zone. That's the second step on the path. So that's after you've let go. It's this in-between time where the old is gone, but the new isn't fully operational, right? And that's kind of where he says critical psychological realignments and repatternings take place. And so in your own life right now, you may have lost 
a lot. I speak for myself. This pandemic, I've had to let go of expectations that I know where I'm going or we as a community are going. I've had to let go of the need to have a plan constantly or to have all of my questions answered. I mean, this is for me a very uncomfortable time because I like certainty. I like a plan. I like setting a goal and moving forward with it, not just sort of sitting around and waiting. And there's really a lot of that, isn't there? There's a lot of waiting and a lot of uncertainty, like how long will we have to stay in place? How long will my workplace be closed? How long will I be on my brown couch? I mean, there's all of these significant unknowns in the process of this change. Exactly. And so for me, those unknown, like the thing I'm losing is my own perception of security or my perception of control. So when I was able to realize that, And realize, oh my God, Karina, that's why you have so much anxiety. That's why you're not sleeping at night. That's why you're having that fourth cocktail. No, I'm just joking. But you know, like that, that's why you want to pour a Manhattan at two in the afternoon is because there's this loss. And there's this deep discomfort with uncertainty. Absolutely. And so acknowledging that, starting to deal with it and have those conversations, having those conversations with friends, with you, with my mind, with my husband, helped me move into this neutral zone where I was just a little bit more settled. What about you, Kirsten? What have you had to let go of? What have you had to like acknowledge that you're losing? Well, it's interesting because I'm a person who goes very quickly to solution. I don't acknowledge very deeply the endings And I don't stay in the neutral zone very long. I'm all about getting to the solution. Like I sometimes describe myself as water and I look for the least resistant path forward, right? And so for me, what I'm having to do is to recognize that there is this process going on all around me. So my own life is other than missing my coworkers and having those really fun interactions, right? That's been replaced by my family because my family's home. We have like seriously a full house here. And so a lot of this for me has been really good. I think what I'm struggling with is I watch my clients having to lay folks off. And so I think that I'm having to realize that there's just a lot of grief in the world. And we start this show talking about joy, meaning, and ease. And just to be clear, there's not a lot of that right now, right? That's what I want. And that's not what we're getting. So that's, I think, for me, the bigger picture is not just my own experience on my own brown couch, but my experience of my community around me. And so that does reflect very much what you just said. I have a lot of sadness about the changes that they're having to undergo and the losses they're suffering. I don't know what the path forward is going to be for them. That is my experience. So what do you feel like is being left behind? Like, what are you, so what are you losing? Are you losing joy? Right now, there is not a lot of joy, right? There's not a lot of joy. If I really dig deep, I could say maybe there's a lot of meaning because we're having really candid conversations about what's important, not just with my clients, but with my friends. The point is that everybody has is having a unique experience. And in, in order to move along the path of transition, in order to have a healthy, you know, sort of forward momentum as we're dealing with a ton of uncertainty and a ton of change, we have to do the work to say, what's behind these emotions? And according to Bridges, what's behind your emotions are the th- very things that you're leaving behind that you're losing. And some things that you're losing can also be good. Yeah. And facing uncertainty. I think that's a big part of it too. Yeah, exactly. And I think you said this earlier, Kirsten, 
one of the only ways to really dig in and, and answer that question, what am I losing? What am I leaving behind? What's behind these emotions is to quiet, to be a little bit quiet and to slow down. And I'm wondering if you've had an opportunity to do that. You just said a minute ago that you're like water and you kind of move quickly to solutions. And I'm just, I'm very curious if you've had a chance to, to slow down a bit, which I think a lot of people are doing right now. So I suspect, Krina, that I am like a lot of people out there. Like I have to force myself to stop and to take stock and find places like Sometimes I just jump up and go for a walk. Sometimes I just go sit outside and I'm really working hard to meditate every day, even if it's just for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. But yeah, I am finding that time, but it's honestly like it feels very forced and deliberate. And I think that's good, but I don't, I think that there's a lot of folks like me. I think that's right, Kirsten. I think there are a lot of people like you, a lot of people who are still working, still working at a frenetic pace and also balancing, you know, family. And in your case, you know, you had children come home from college. You now have a full house again. You know, you were moving away from that. So there are a lot of I think there are a lot of people who are trying to who are trying to figure out how to find those peaceful, quiet times to sit with themselves and really, you know, be, be introspective. You have a full house, too. What are you doing? I have a full house, but I'm used to having a full house. You know, I don't have adult children that have now come home, but it's the same. I mean, it's like I said at the beginning of the show, I've created a space in my own home. I feel very lucky. You know, we moved my eldest kid into another area. Into our clubhouse. We gave up our clubhouse. Yeah, that's true. That's so funny. Our listeners know about the clubhouse. Yeah. So I've taken over his old room just to create a space for myself. And funny, you know, I didn't, I have never had a space of my own before in my home. And I found myself yesterday in here just laying on the floor, stretching. I mean, it's just sort of quiet. (laughs) I know. I was like, wait, what? I never do this, but it's also just finding quiet time in my own head. Maybe I'm putting on headphones. Maybe I'm going for a walk. Maybe I'm asking my family, even though we're all in this home together, can I just have this corner, you know? So, but it is interesting finding those quiet times for me, the reason I I need to do that is so that I can sit with how I'm feeling. If we bend to the expectation that we are constantly productive, that we are moving fast, that we're figuring it out, that we're holding on to the fact that everything that used to be is also going to be, and we just need to bear it, get through it, then I don't think, I think we do ourselves a disservice. And I think that's kind of back to this Bridges model that we are going through tremendous change. Give yourself the time to figure out what you're losing. Give yourself the time to sit with your emotions because then you can move on. Then you can sort of get beyond anxiety, anxious, fear, concern, worry, lashing out, acting inappropriately. I speak for myself on all of those things. I've done all of those, you know, to this place of the neutral zone. It catches up with you, doesn't it? Like if you don't address it, it will catch up with you and it will pop out somewhere else. You will be short with a coworker. You will react really negatively to an email. I mean, it really does. If you don't manage it, it really, it'll find its way out like water, right? It'll just find its way out. Exactly. And I think that we find this in managing change and transition in the workplace all the time is that, you know, if you look around at all your coworkers, every single person that you're working with is going through the same, you know, is going through the change at a different rate 
as you are and dealing with a variety of other things. And so, yeah, it's really important to kind of get grounded in who you are and how you're going to behave because shit gets real, really fast. And then when you finally do move to this sort of new beginnings or the, I'm sorry, the neutral zone of Bridges model, it's really when you're able to let go, you're kind of in this in-between phase and you're in flux, but you don't feel as much confusion or distress as you did in endings. And then, you know, to foreshadow, and I know I've been on this for a while, but to foreshadow the next phase, the final phase of this is called new beginnings. And according to Bridges, that's the place where innovation can happen and fresh identities and, you know, et cetera. Right. And that's where the exciting stuff happens, right? That's where the exciting stuff happens is innovation. How do we do this new? There's, I really think the way, as I said, the way is through this. And I think on the other side, there's going to be some really interesting innovations and different ways of doing things. And I'm excited about that. I am, although I'm not going to rush to get there. I'm going to go through the process. So let's talk about what are some strategies for going through this transition process. As you know, Queen and I dig around and find some good articles and other people's thoughts and ideas with our own. We found this great article by this woman, Nikki Nyer, who says, what do you do to make sense of life's changes? What are some of the strategies for managing transition? And I think I really encourage you folks to read this article. We'll put it on the show notes so that you can find it. But the first thing she says is don't underestimate how hard change can be. Expect the roller coaster of emotions. Give yourself time. Everyone transitions through these things at a different pace and have some grace with yourself about that. Find folks you can talk to, or as Krina says, talk to yourself. Sometimes I talk to myself. Oh, shit. I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> so does my kid, by the way. And the other day, I have to say, we, being on top of one another constantly in this house, I realized how much he talks to himself because I keep going, what? And he's like, I'm not, I didn't talk. And yeah, and anyway, side, side note. Yeah. So talk to yourself. You no, know, my youngest does that too. I've learned some things about my kids I did not know before, interestingly enough. <laughs> So what else can we do if we want to be moving beyond, you know, acknowledging this change and moving down this path of transition? What else? What else, Kirsten? This is what Nikki Nair said. She's like, acknowledge your loss, which makes a ton of sense to me. Like, uh, do you have a loss because you're not going to work? Do you have a loss because you have less work? Do you have a loss because you miss a coworker? Do you have a loss because in your, you know, in your personal social circle or things that you've done, like going to the gym or meeting for a book club. You know, it's it's really, I think, important to just sit there and say, yeah, I'm really bummed I can't do this. You know, and honestly, in when I used to do workshops, and in fact, a great woman in our town named Janet has done a workshop about Bridges model of transition. And what she has people do is just list everything that's changing. It's really interesting when you get it all on the on a piece of paper, you realize, oh, my gosh, no wonder I feel anxious. Look at all of this down to like, even you were saying new routines. And so recognizing what you've left behind, I love that. Acknowledging that loss or the change is a great for yeah, great way to move beyond it. And I think particularly here, acknowledging that you might know, you might not yet know what that really means for you. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, we don't know necessarily what that might mean for us. We just know it's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the next thing that Nair says in this article is take control. And I know that seems really counterintuitive after everything we've talked about, not having control, not knowing what will happen. But I think it comes back to when I find myself on my brown couch 
feeling frustrated or sad or upset or whatever, stressed out, I look around, I'm like, oh, it's only me on this couch. I'm the one who needs to do whatever. Maybe it's I need to work on my schedule more. As I you know, as I could have talked to you about this on and off over the last couple of weeks, I'm really working on a schedule for myself because I find when I'm at home, everything bleeds into everything else, right? So what control you can take of your life and your situation, I think is important to do, whether it's I can go for a walk, I can do some meditation, I can make myself a really good smoothie, I can have a good meal, I can call a friend, but taking control of what it is you can do to make yourself feel better. Absolutely. And at the same time, accepting that there are things that are out of your control and just kind of let go and move forward, which has been a big learning for me. I have operated, I operate very comfortably in this place of believing that I actually do have control. And so to like acknowledge that I don't (laughs) is a big step for me and be able to move on. I can realize that that's okay. And here's the thing, that's okay, because you have the skills and abilities to manage whatever happens, right? We talked about this a little bit in the last show. It's really important to say, there's a lot of things out of my control. There's a lot of things that are uncertain. There's a lot of options that could occur. But wait a minute, I have all of these skills and talents and abilities to manage what might happen. Yeah. And reminding myself of that has also been really good. Like, Krina, you can handle this. And I would recommend that to listeners. In fact, I listened to I listened to a great podcast called The Happiness Lab. And one of the tips for sort of moving through this crisis, it's a psychological mind bender where you talk to yourself in the third person. And it calmed me. You know, like Krina is innovative and has dealt with a lot. She's going to be fine. And it was like almost immediately calming. So adding neuroscience on top of William Bridges model and how can you go wrong? Seriously. And that's just the thing. We draw from this stuff that gives us solace, right? That helps us frame our own emotions and experience in the middle of what is, for most of us, probably the most difficult, uncertain, and chaotic experience of our lives, right? So for most folks, this probably could be the most traumatic event of many folks. This could be the most traumatic event of their life. Precisely. So taking the time to really sit with this, acknowledge what you're going through and help yourself move through the transition because it's big. It's big. Nikki also says, get crystal clear about what matters most to you and what you want for the future. And I think this is kind of one of those things that you know will set you up for moving beyond that first ending phase and into sort of that final phase, which is I'm looking forward to spending a lot of time on our next episode talking about, which is that new beginnings, building a plan. And I'm moving towards something else, but you can't do that. Right. And I think too, for me, the attractiveness of the next part of the conversation is innovation. Like sometimes this is a hard thing, but sometimes out of really tough stuff comes really amazing gifts. What are new beginnings? What are the innovations? What do we have to look forward to? Yeah, exactly. And so you know, in closing, in the sort of final pieces of this show, Kirsten, where are you at? What are you thinking about this? I mean, you started by saying you've been really busy. You're someone who moves beyond, you know, kind of moves through these first two phases of transition relatively quickly and jumps to solutions. Kind of where are you at right now? It's weird. It's almost like I feel, <laughs> I feel kind of like I'm like a little floating island of hope on kind of a sea of uncertainty and grief. Like I feel it all around me, but I do feel deep inside this hope, right? For 
us to take good care of ourselves and our community and be healthy through this, as healthy as we can as a community through this, to sacrifice the things we need to sacrifice to bring as many people to the other side of this as we can. What about you, Karina? Where are you sitting? I think I'm somewhere in between still trying to figure out what I'm losing and what I'm letting go of and being hopeful and innovative for the future. I mean, honestly, my thoughts on a daily basis are everywhere between, you know, just feeling on the verge of tears about the state of the world, on the verge of tears or crying about just as I saw my neighbor on the street and I teared up and it was because I had just hadn't engaged with somebody outside of my immediate family for so long. And I didn't realize what an impact that was having on me. So in some ways, after this conversation, I feel great about being able to recognize that, you know, those tears come from a place of loss and recognizing what I'm losing is part of this process. And I'm excited to be going through the process. And at the same time, I'm seeing businesses, governments, nonprofits, and individuals and families innovate in ways that is inspirational. And I'm also seeing, you know, you know, exciting, exciting, you know, and I, and you know, I come from a deep environmental background as well. And I have to say seeing mother earth take a big, deep breath is also really an interesting thing to watch. And so the swans have returned to the canals in Venice. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are seeing mountains for the first time, you know, through where there was only haze and smog for generations. We're seeing all kinds of things. So I guess to answer that question, I don't know where I am, but I know that where I am is okay, and that I don't have to have it all figured out right now. And that what I need to do is be clear about what's important to me and focus on that. And I think that's as good as I'm going to get right now. Yeah. And I think that is really good. That's the thing. I think having some grace with yourself about just saying, this is just good enough and taking, I mean, I say this so many times, I say it so many times and I feel like I'm a broken record, but I don't know, maybe I'm talking to myself, but take really good care of yourself, manage your stress, eat good food, talk to people you love. I mean, I think that that really grounds you in a way. Like I said to my friend Carrie the other day, I'm like, treat yourself like a baby, put yourself on schedule. You need to eat and take a nap and sleep. And I I was kind of joking, but I think I'm serious. (laughs) Yeah. I also want to say if what you need is to park your kids in front of a TV for seven hours straight so that you can go eat a bag of Oreos and cry, (laughs) you go sister. You know, this isn't all about like moving through quickly and getting to solution. And, you know, this is about be who you are and give yourself what you need. This is hard. You know, we've offered you a model to sort of make sense of transition and change. But honestly, I personally want to give each and every one of our listeners permission to do what they have to do. A big high five for it. A big high five. A big high five. Yep. No, no judgment. No judgment about the PJs in the middle of the day on the brown couch. I'm just going to say. I did decide, Karina, that you cannot have a cocktail if you're still in your pajamas from the night before when you had a cocktail. That's my one house rule. You've got to not be in the pajamas from the night before when you had your first cocktail. 
<laughs> you got to put on fresh pajamas. We're going to have a cocktail. All right, friends. Hey, thank you so much for working. Those of you who are on the front lines of this doctors from the doctors to the radiologists, to the, to the grocery store clerks, to anyone who's working in the healthcare industry, supporting the uh, medical profession, first responders, holy Toledo folks. Yeah. And the people who are stocking our groceries, delivering my dog food. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for working. And those of you who are staying home, who are heeding the stay at home warnings, taking it seriously, wearing your masks, washing your hands. Thank you. We're doing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're doing it. Take care, folks. Bye. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 